0: Tonight, I really want to sort of set us on a path, that we are a church that's operating in the ministry of Christ. Um, When Christ came, he changed people's lives, didn't he? And his church was empowered to change people's lives. Praise the Lord. Isaiah 61, I'm going to be reading from there tonight, please. Two verses, you'd be glad to know. A very familiar verse. And what we're going to see here, this is a prophecy spoken hundreds of years before Christ came. And it speaks of Christ's ministry. So Isaiah, Isaiah 61, the first two verses just. So the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. For the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted. And to proclaim that captives will be released. And prisoners will be freed. He has sent me to tell those who mourn. That the time of the Lord's favour has come. And with it the day of the Lord's anger against their enemies. So, Father, we thank you for our time already tonight. We thank you for the tangible touch of your presence among us. Father, we pray you would just bless us tonight with your presence, for we know where your presence is. There's a fullness of joy in Jesus' name. Amen. When I consider what the church is, um, I I know what it was for me. And I just want to remind us tonight a wee bit of what church is. Church is God's, what I would call God's hospital for broken people. It's a place of restoration. Do you know, do you know when you find yourself in a backsliding state? Maybe not many of you experience that, but sometimes we can find ourselves there. The church is a place of restoration for the backslider. It's a refuge for the lost. If you're here tonight and you're, you're wondering what life's all about, you, you don't know God, you don't know Jesus. These are the, the places where you get to know God these should be the places, shall I say, where you get to know about Christ and his love for you. The local church is also a place of fellowship, isn't it? It's a place where we come and we, we do banter. You do banter. We talk. We talk about the weather a lot. I think I've asked five people tonight or told five people tonight, it's cold outside, isn't it? It's banter, it's it's small talk, but there's deeper places where we can go, but it's where we, it's where we start to have a relationship with one another. It's a place where through friendships can be established can be established we we spoke this morning briefly on the call to come out and when we get saved God calls us out of our old life and for many of us that means all our old friends all the old circle circles that we once ran in we no longer there and, and this is what God has ordained a place where we can establish friends and I, I want to just lay that with you Understand that it's your responsibility to seek out people within the church, to, to befriend them, to, to get past the weather conversation. Do you know that one? Get, get past the one, well, how are you doing? But actually get into that place where we know them as friends. We know, them, we know what's going on in their life. The church is also a place where, where new converts, new people who Christ has saved are, are connected with other believers. And church, that's why we want to protect our local church. That's why we want to make sure that we Feed into it, and there's life found in it, and there's hospitality found in it, and there's friendships found in it, because it's God's chosen vessel for for, for the broken to find restoration. And it's under attack like never before. And we want to protect that. And our walls is up, and we are protecting it. And the the Word of God will be preached, and and we will be constantly encouraging people to to lay aside differences and, and to really seek out friendships. It's also a place where our deepest hurts can be healed. We all know that one touch of God can change our life, don't we? We've experienced that. There's times where we're so broken, so lost, and somebody maybe says something, or maybe it's a song, or maybe the preacher just mumbles something, and God touches us. And we just feel we could shout hallelujah. And that's what happens in the church. It's a place of joy. It's a place of comfort. And that's what I just want to speak over this church tonight. You know what's found in church? Living waters. Living waters are found there. And when them living waters flow from us, they they impact people around us. They they, they touch other people's lives and they find Jesus. So I want to set us on a path tonight, a, a path where the ministry of Christ is carried on through his church. Now each Christian has a gift. We all like to know that we've got something. And the Bible makes it very clear that each person has a gift. God has given you something to build up this church to be a blessing to the world we, we're going to be looking at that in later weeks in the morning but we spoke on a touchstone today we're, we're we're called to be a blessing to all people around us not just people who agree with us either not just people who don't challenge our thinking but we're called to be a blessing the lord tells us to love our enemies and everything about us says, really but that that, that is part of it that's part of being a child of god but i want to say this that a lot of people are not operating these gifts god-given gifts today and I just want to encourage you to, to start operating the gift that God has given you. What I've noticed about these gifts and one of the greatest things that you see flowing through them is that they bring comfort and healing to others. They, they are a kind word. It's just something. It's just something that God has enabled each of us to, to be able to build up other people. It's something that we find strange. But we don't find it strange when we get built up by somebody else. We thank God for it. To understand, when when somebody else speaks life into our life or does something that blows us away, that's the gift, the ministry that I want to pull out tonight and remind you about. So I want us to start off tonight with a fresh look as to why we do church and why we need to be operating and functioning in this ministry that God has given to his church. So let me turn with me, please, to John's Gospel, please. John's Gospel, chapter 14. This big screen on the wall sort of makes us lazy, doesn't it? Our Bibles don't get get used. But turn to your Bible, please. John's Gospel, chapter 14. In this bit of Scripture, Jesus is teaching the disciples that that he is the only way to God. And we might think that's simple enough, but when you start to speak with people and and start to talk to them about the things of God, it, it gets very muddy. And a lot of people have Christ and, and it gets very muddy and one of the greatest things we're seeing today across the church and the Christian church as well is that there's many ways to God. We, let's not fall out. Let's just come together, we're all God's children, and there's many ways to God, one God, but many ways to God. And I want you to be very careful about that. It's a lie, and it's not at all what the Bible teaches. And and this is what we're going to look at tonight. Jesus is teaching his disciples, you and I tonight, if you're saved, if you're not saved, this Jesus is telling you how. You can be saved simple. There's not my slant on it. It's it's, it's just simple teaching, he says. There's no other way, he says. Jesus says in verse 6, I am the way, I am the truth and the life. And no one can come to the Father except through me. And what we, when you study this wee bit, what what you notice is that the disciples are a wee bit confused as to what Jesus means and who Jesus really is. And in verse 8 we see Philip, speaking to Jesus. And Philip says this to him, he says, Lord, show us the Father and we will be satisfied. Show us who God really is. And you know the God that there's always to. Show us who he is and that way we will believe you. we'll, We'll understand a bit more what you're talking about. And Jesus says to Philip, he says, listen, have I been with you all this time? And yet you still don't know who I am and even that word I am is significant the disciples hadn't yet realised that Jesus was in fact God incarnate and take it easy on them because we still wrestle don't we, to grasp the fullness of God, of the Trinity but Jesus seemed somewhat frustrated, probably in a godly way, (laughs) a wee bit Philip, really But they hadn't yet realized who Jesus really was. But Jesus continues and he he says to the disciples, and speaking to Philip, but speaking to them all, he says, listen, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. So why are you asking me to show him to you? And it's clear that they hadn't fully come to terms with who Jesus really was. Then look at verse 11. Jesus says something. He just goes, listen, just believe that I am the Father, that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. And look what he says. Or at least believe because of the work that you have seen me do. Jesus encourages them, and he's encouraging us tonight to think, to meditate upon who he is, that we are to take time and really think about his life and his ministry. Think about it for a moment. As you ponder the things of God, as you, as you seek to read and understand Scripture, think, look at the works that this man did. What Jesus was saying to the disciples is listen, I get that your mind can't grasp who I really am, but, but instead of trying to understand that I am God, and we said that He and the Father are one, consider my ministry. Consider the works that I have done. Consider all the lives that I have changed, the the many miracles that you have witnessed. That's something. Then Jesus says something that has excited the church for nearly two centuries. He says, listen, in verse 12, I tell you the truth, that anyone who believes in me will do the same works that I have done. Do you want me to read this again? Anyone who believes in me will do the same works that I have done. And even greater works. Because I'm going to be with the Father. And I remember as a young Christian reading this verse, and I thought to myself, hallelujah. I'm going to raise the dead. I'm going to do great things. I'm going to do more than I'm going to be better than, than Christ. A wee bit of misinterpretation. But listen, I was eager, I was young. I want to tell you something. His words is true. Speaking to the church. And the context is because. At the end of verse 12, it says, because I'm going to be with the Father. And that's the context of where we get this from. And what Jesus is speaking about here is Pentecost. We live in the aftermath of Pentecost. We're results of, the, of, the, of Pentecost. And Pentecost is very much alive, church. But it's under attack. The local church is under attack. The ministry of Christ is under attack. A lot of people have lost their awe of who Jesus is. Schools have turned to medita- meditation. They've turned to yoga because people have lost the wonder of God. Prayer is no longer enough. God can no longer change lives. That's the lie that we're talking about when we've been told. In John 16, verse 7, Jesus says this Listen, if I do not go away, the Comforter will not come onto you. But if I depart, I will send him on to you. Now, now, let's let's just take this slowly. If I do not go away, Jesus says, the Comforter will not come on to you. But if I depart, I will, I will, I will send him on to you. And what we see here, Church, is the ministry of Christ being handed over to the Church. Do you see this? Do you see that the ministry of Christ has been handed over to you and I? The Church is the move and the power and the demonstration of the Holy Spirit. Praise God, church. I want to just encourage you to get excited. When God starts to move, when God's people start to move, great things will happen. Honestly, great things will happen. It's happened before. One or two people have just grasped who God really is, who Christ really is, and they've ushered in revival. You could be sitting in the pew tonight, and you could be the people in your own home start to usher in revival into this land. That's the power that I believe in, and that's what I believe the scripture is teaching. That the church is to move in the power and in the demonstration of the Holy Ghost, to be clothed with truth, and that's important. And she is to be empowered to operate in the ministry of Christ. And because the church is spread all over the world, we see this in the local church, she will be able to reach many and therefore do greater works. That's what this is teaching. That the local church, all working together in the various counties and nations around the world, globally, we will do great things, what Jesus did. But I want to warn you tonight of a falling away from Christ's ministry on earth through the church. I was reading a few commentators, a few commentaries on on Isaiah 61. Do you know what I come across? A few have said that Isaiah is speaking here of his own ministry and not of that of the Messiah. And these commentators are showing what I would say signs of what we see right across our land. Minds that have lost sight of who Christ really is. It doesn't take a Bible student to to, to study Isaiah 61 and read a a wee bit of Luke to see that this is not speaking of anybody else other than Christ. The danger is that we too can lose the wonder and the power of who Christ really is. Can't we? We can lose the wonder. And it happens so subtly. One minute we're dancing and, and worshiping God, the next minute we're just a wee bit, oh, a bit tired today. You understand, don't we? We 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 start to we either set people on fire or we put them to sleep. Let's just call it what it is. And and this happens slowly, we can lose the wonder. But can I ask you to do something very quickly? Jesus Christ has changed your life for the good. Why don't you Just put your hand up. That's it. Keep them up and look around, church. Look at each other. And just to confirm, well, most of these probably are related to each other, but <laughs> some way or another, I found that out about here. But we we're not some cult. We haven't. Join some sort of blood covenant and cut each other's fingers and shook hands and whatever. Christ's ministry impacted our lives. And I want to encourage you that God can use you where you are. You don't have to be in a church, you have to be part of a church. You don't have to rely on a minister. Use you where you are, because there's ministry given to us. And I've prayed and I'm praying that, that each of us tonight these living waters will just flow. Don't be afraid to to pray for somebody. Don't be afraid to to ask God to do great things. Luke 4. You don't need to turn. I'll just read it to you. But Luke 4 and 14. We see that Jesus returned to Galilee. And he's filled with the Holy Ghost. We're told that he goes to the village of Nazareth. Where where he grew up. And we're told that he went as usual. as, As he often did to the synagogue on the Sabbath. And he stood up to read the scriptures. And, and the, the scroll of Isaiah, the prophet, was handed to him. And he unrolled the scroll. And when he unrolled it, it just happened to be written the verse that we just read out of Isaiah. It was not coincidence that that scripture was there at the time. Jesus reads these words The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released. Are you captive tonight? Jesus says that he can be released tonight he's anointed individual people to bring ministry to change people's lives not just between seven and eight o'clock on a Sunday night believe it or not God moves after eight o'clock he does really doesn't he it doesn't fit into our schedule for me this is a place where we come and worship God and we enjoy each other's company. And we lift up Jesus. And if God chooses to save somebody, glory to God. But if he doesn't, glory to God anyway. Because he's called each of us to minister in the people's lives. We're told that Jesus rolled up the scroll. He handed it back. And he sat down. Because that's what they did. They, they stood to read. They sat down to teach. And it says they all looked at Jesus. And he began to speak to them. And he says this. The scripture you've just heard has been fulfilled this very day. And you see the danger of the falling away. If some commentators can say that this is not speaking of Jesus, and yet Jesus in his own words says this scripture has been fulfilled, there's a spiritual apathy and people's lost the wonder of God. And it's not going to happen here, church. It's not going to happen here. Say amen. We're not going to lose the wonder of God. We're all miracles, we've all got testimonies. And by the way, throughout the year, we're going to be asking on you, calling on you to come and testify. Glory to God, Isn't that right? <laughs> amen. Watch what happens. So so Jesus says this, and listen to the words. He said, everyone spoke well of him. Be careful of that. And they were amazed by the gracious words that came out of Jesus' lips. Listen to what they said next. How can this be? Isn't this just Joseph's son? (laughs) See, for a moment, they got a glimpse of the glory of God. They have a Just Jimmy Jimmy Dixon. Isn't that it? Mark Mulligan, that's just Mark. Surely that's that man can't do anything. We can lose the wonder of God. Why? Because we look past we look at the person, don't we? We we look past what God can do and, and what he does, and we 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 put things in the road. They too hadn't truly got a grasp of who Jesus was, so close but yet so far away. And I wonder tonight, church, in our own walk with God, and I've asked myself this question today, and you know, I've deeper waters to tread, because I, want to ask you tonight, do you, do you truly realize who Jesus is? But I also want to be careful because I realize, even in my own eyes, I'm still getting glimpse of his glory. I still have a wee box, albeit it's getting bigger sometimes, but he's still being put in it. I understand every now and again I make him a bigger box because I realize he's... Maybe I grew that one. And, and, and there's something about the glory of God that's wonderful. What I know this is that the Lord Jesus Christ, who is God incarnate, came to save sinners. When you look to the cross, not look at some poor man. Look, at, look to the cross and see God himself. And think about that. Great I am who spoke all into creation, who, who knit you together in your mother's womb. Who knows when you stand up, when you sit down, knows your name, knows the day you were born, the day you're going to die. He hung on that cross that a wee sinner like me could be saved. When we take time to consider the ministry of Christ Church, the wonder of God starts to well up within us, and we start to realize wow, this God is so much bigger than I ever realized. Isn't that right? The Bible tells us that all of mankind are sinners. Nobody likes to be called a sinner. But it's so much better when it says we've all sinners, isn't it? The worst of us say, just them ones from Monaghan were sinners or you know, a certain part of town. But it says we all have sinned and we've all fallen short of the glory of God. And I touched on that on Friday night when we speak that, that when we minister and realizing what we are we will Turn the world upside down for Christ. We realize the mercy that we received. We have got that same seed to give to somebody else. What we know is that Christ died for us. Why? The Bible says that he loved us. God loved us and Christ died for us. I can't understand it. I sometimes consider the human nature and I look at some things on TV and some of the debates going on today, and I think to myself, Lord, if I was you, I would have wiped them out long ago. The problem is, if, if that was God's heart, well, we too would have been wiped out long ago. Isn't that right? He's a gracious God. Think of poor Jonah. He understood God wanted him to go to this nation full of sinners, happy in it. He didn't want to go. But he also knew that if he went, that God would watch. What? Save them. See that God and his grace would do something wonderful. And church, we need to stop looking at anything and looking at situations and saying, listen, let's just go. Let's just bring the gospel to people. Let's just tell them about Jesus. Let's just build up the courage when I ask individuals to take a night with us and sure, don't say no. Just say yes and regret it the rest of the week like the rest of us. Just do it. Just do it. And, and let, watch God move in your life. And when you're asked to, to share, you know what you do? You ring your family or you text them. That's an easier way out. Because if they say no, it's easier if they give you bad manners. Just say, listen, I've been asked to share. Will you come? I want to encourage you to do that. Not so we can fill the rest of these pews or so that would be nice, but that we can see people being won for God. I want to do my ministry with yous and, with, and wherever I be in my walk with God where the ministry of Christ is in operation. I can't do stagnant. I can't survive in them waters. I need the living waters. Do you not? I can't survive, church. I need God. I need the presence of God to move. I need him to touch my heart. I need to preach the gospel, not just to you, but to this heart. Every day. And church, that's the ministry I want to set this church out on tonight. The power of the gospel. And I want to make some big claims tonight. We're coming to an end. I told her brother 15 minutes, and we're on to 20. Addictions. All sorts keep men and women down. They put them in the gutter and it robs them of life. I want to say something. If that's you tonight and you're having problems with addiction and you know somebody who has addictions, I want to point you back to Christ. I want to tell you that the gospel of Jesus Christ can set them free tonight because that's what the Bible says and that's what the Bible teaches. And that's the ministry of this church that we are going to see people set free from addictions. Because Christ's ministry is not going to be working on it here. You do understand it's not how much Neil McMullen studies and tries to bring a word to this church, don't we? understand that. It doesn't matter what preacher or great evangelist we get in. That's not what it takes. It takes the power and the demonstration of the Holy Spirit that comes after the preaching of the Word of God. And we're going to be praying tonight. And we're going to open up the prayer tonight night. And Julianne's going to stand with me. And we're going to pray. And I want to encourage you to, listen, let's come and pray. And if it's not for yourself, pray for other people. We have to break this mold. We have to get the elephant out of the room. I don't even know where the elephant is, but I just know he's there and he's awkward. Isn't he? Do you know what I mean? He's awkward. He's there. And I want to go, but I just feel awkward. That shouldn't be church. If we can't pray in church, what's, what hope have we got? We might quit. Isn't that right? I'm glad you're agreeing, so I want to see you up for prayer. I bet my life is not one of you's before me tonight that doesn't need prayer for something. There's not one of your families that doesn't need prayer for something. And I'm sort of thinking now if he's all come up, it'll be a late night. So maybe not all come up, but some of you's come up. I'm only calling all of come up if that's the case. So those who are held captive by depression, anxiety. And I can tell you something. Comes in people very quickly and out of the blue. I believe it's spiritual. To an extent. I believe it's very spiritual. People find themselves in a type of prison and their minds tormented. They have no peace, they have no rest. And I know this, that's not the will of God for your life. Christ came to proclaim freedom to the captives. And whatever prison you find yourself in tonight. Or whatever prison your loved one's in tonight, Jesus has got the master key. You need to believe it, what we're speaking about. Maybe for some of us tonight, there's ungodly ties in your life. You're connected to things that you know aren't good for you. And these things are holding on to you. You can't seem to get them out of your life. And no matter how hard you try, they seem to be just there. I want to remind you to come to the cross tonight. The Bible tells us that the blood of Christ has broken all ungodly ties on our life. All ungodly ties. People are living under some sort of generational curse. I said nonsense. I said nonsense. Christ broke into my life, he broke into my family tree. And there's no curse over my children because of my past sins. Because him with the sun sets freeze free and they I'm claiming it. And he saves those and he saves their household. And Folks we've got children that love the Lord and we, we don't force them. We enjoy church. do life. Sometimes we go to McDonald's. Sometimes we smile and laugh, and sometimes Julian gives off to me for being one of the kids. We do life. We do life. We're afraid to do life, get a balance, but there's, a, there's also power and you have it. There's gifts, church, and we're going to start operating on those gifts. Godly ties, but I want to say this. Jesus says if a church his church is moving and operating in the power of the Holy Ghost, lives will be transformed. Listen, it says the blind will see, and I'm going to close with this. Blind will see, this speaking of spiritual blindness. Second Corinthians 4 says this: the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers, so they cannot see the light of the glorious gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the image of God. We do not proclaim ourselves. But we proclaim Jesus Christ as Lord. As Lord. We don't preach ourselves. We preach Christ. There's a war for your soul tonight. If you're not saved, there's a war for your soul. If you are saved, there's a war for your gift. And there's a war for for you excelling in the things of God. He doesn't want you telling others about Jesus. He doesn't want you praying for people. He doesn't want you smiling. He wants you walking about in defeat. Church, I've seen enough of them in my life. Have you defeated Christians? Come on. We're not going down that road. We're not going down that road. Satan, as we know, has rebelled against God. Pride crept into his heart and he puffed himself up. There's great danger in pride. And he also caused man to rebel against God. And we know that man has become corrupt in his ways. And God's word says that he's going to return and judge the ungodly. That's what it says. He's going to judge the ungodly. But listen, Christ came to take away your sin and my sin that's the glorious gospel when he went to that cross he went for you and me but listen he paid the price for our sin and some of us was great sinners some of us was sort of good sinners some of us was even harsh sinners but we are all sinners right fair enough you might have walked on the clean side of the road I unfortunately travelled on the dirty side my good wife she came out saved I believe she was just one of them ones God blessed her with me either road Christ died for us all us all. And all you need to do is receive it. And if you're not saved tonight, that's the gospel. You can present it in a hundred ways, no doubt I'll have to do that before the year's out. But there's one simple way tonight. Repentance towards God and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you're saved. Maybe, listen, this is a problem. Maybe you don't think salvation is something that we need to take hold of. Church, Christian, we all need to take hold of it. And I want you just to grasp this last minute. A lot of people think this salvation isn't worth taking hold of. But can I tell you something? When Satan and the other angels rebelled against God and glory in in glory in heaven, there was a great war we read about and he cast them out. You want to know a great truth. When they sinned against God, God never once offered them salvation. The door was never opened want to face and receive the wrath of God. That's what the scripture tells us. Jude 1 and 6, listen to this. He says, I want to remind you of the angels who did not stay within the limits of authority that God had given them. But they left the place where they belonged. And God has kept them securely chained in prisons of darkness, waiting for that great day of judgment. Christ didn't die so they could receive pardon. They will receive the wrath of God. I want to tell you this. Christ did die for you. Salvation is offered for you. Isn't that something? these other beings didn't get it. They would look on. I don't know how they look on. I think Satan's so much evil in him. I don't believe there's anything else but it. I just wonder in a human sense... Would there be a wee fallen angel somewhere just looking on and thinking, if only I could be offered that salvation. I wonder. It's not biblical at all. It's just a thought. I wonder. And yet we tend to scoff at it. Don't we? We take it so lightly. I want to just say to you that if you're not saved, listen, God loves you and Christ died for you. If you could truly understand, truly grasp your need and his love, I'm telling you you would run up here and you would stand and say, i give my life to Christ. You would. But we fail to see his glory. We fail to see our state. But unless we see our wickedness, we will never see his glory. And the truth is, our wickedness, when we were happy in our sin, Christ died. And friend, tonight, I don't know who's saved, who isn't saved. I don't want to know. I just want to know that we'll all be saved at some point. I'm going to give you the opportunity tonight to give your life to the Lord. But it says that Satan is blinded do you remember that old hymn? Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved the wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind. Was blind, but now I see. The very person was actually blind. They could see spiritually. They could see that they were blinded to their need. Glory to God. Now they can see. Any man being Christ. What? Let us bow our heads, please.